Bible study. So, uh, just by way of introduction, the purpose of this Bible study is to help us as God's people to develop a love for God's Word. So that is beyond our busy lives and schedules, we can get to a place where we are people who love God's Word dedicate our time to it and among many other things is that as we listen and over the weeks to come one of the things that is going to happen to us is there will be a a, a kindling for a, a love for the knowledge of God's word so you know many a times you know there is there like from Harvard review there are about five different types of leadership or six approaches to leadership but one of them is is the type of leadership that stirs the members of the team. And the Holy Ghost does that to us many times. The Bible calls it, it provokes us unto good works. So I'm trusting that while we listen tonight and over the days to come, we begin to see uh, the need to go after God's word. We begin to see that there's so much more in God's word that we are not even acquainted with, that we need to be acquainted with. And that can help us begin to explore God and know God even beyond the things He gives. So the major thing, the major thing we are going after is to become a people that love God beyond the things He's handing over to us as a people. And even in in my preparation for this, it, it, one of the things that dawned on me more than any other thing is learning God, exploring God is far so satisfactory beyond anything it can give to us it's just because we have not actually interacted with him that we think that that we we we, we need things on the earth you know when 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 i was on campus there there are there are some people you call you say they are 12 o'clock christians that is they usually they are they, they are usually sub saying that they are all uh, all towards heaven you know the 12 is the christian that both the long and the short and are facing towards 12 and then so so the longer so everything is facing towards heaven they are of heavenly good but no earthly relevance but growing up i can understand why people can be like that because the more you go into god the more he draws you into himself certainly there is need for balance because certainly the bible says that if we love god we ought to love men also that is whatever uh, no matter how much we're pressing to god at some point god will begin to lead us back to human beings so it becomes a two-way kind of um, relationship such that the more you press into God, the more he turns your face back to human beings and say, because God is interested in human beings. As he's seated in heaven right now, the Bible says God is mindful of you. So that means when you check through God's mind now, everything is thinking about is human beings, how to save them, how to help them, how to bless them, how to deliver them from the bondage of God. That is what his mind is full of. As a matter of fact, even angels are surprised and they wonder how how can he love our species so much 
because you know in the creations of god there are different forms of species when you look through the book of revelation you see different kind of creatures you see the elders their kind kind of species you see the cherubims their kind of species you see the seraphims you see bees and all of them they are not they are not evil beings they are just different dimensions of god's creation but we also are part of the things he has made the people he has made and angels wonder how come he loves us so much and the reason is because we were created exactly like him none of them none of them was created like him none of them so he, he gave himself he said okay let me frame a lower version of myself but i'm going to give them all myself but yet they will not be totally having all of myself but yet i'm going to give them all of the authority so it's so in of love he shares with us is that i'll give you all of me even though it, it looks as if you don't have all of me but i'm going to be intimate with all of you and i'm going to come and live with you and you can see that from the story of abraham uh, adam rather you see god wasn't even taking adam to heaven god was coming to meet adam in the garden so it shows you that god is outgoing towards human being that you know genesis tells you how god behaved when you look there you will see the first time god acted in particular ways. so so one of the things you will see is that god is outgoing towards human beings if you see this the story of the prodigal son you will see the father when he saw him from afar off he went towards him if you look at the story of the lost sheep you see that the the shepherd left the 99 and went so god is always outgoing towards us so so for example now even even we, we pride ourselves we say we are the ones seeking god but in the real sense of it the bible says the father seeketh those that will worship that that are worshiping him in spirit and so where god is now is always outgoing god is quite more outgoing than he is uh, you know uh, will i say introverted now certainly no sub to introverted people but we are just saying that when it comes to god's love is is his nature towards human species is outgoing all right before i start saying something different from our, our study tonight i'd like us to just pray and in one minute where you are i believe you have your bible you have a notepad close to you so in one minute let's just say holy ghost we are here tonight father we are here to hear your word open our eyes show us beautiful things out of your word so you know it is it is um, it is it is it is not just so much as a summer it is that god we want to learn of you Show us mysteries in your word beyond even what the, the, the speaker is saying. Show us things. Quicken a hunger and say, just pray wherever you are as you're listening. See a prayer to God say, God, I want to hear you. Show me things in your word. Give me a hunger for your word. Let me begin to love your word from tonight. Do something to me that I cannot recover from when it has to do with your word. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' precious name we are prayed. Amen. Heavenly Father. We approach your word tonight with reverence and with praise in our hearts. We know you are the teacher of all teachers and we praise you knowing that you respond to praise with insight and knowledge. Thank you because you are God of all gods. You are Yahweh. You are King of all kings. You are Lord of all laws and we are the sheep of your pastor. We are here to feed. We praise you because you care for us. All our cares are upon you. We praise you because you came to the world to die for us. You loved us so much 
and therefore we'll praise you for all the things you have done and all the things you have created we see your hands in the skies and the grasses and the animals and the wind that is blowing in the insects and the waves of the sea in the animals and the ocean we see you all of this reveal your beauty and you in one aspect or the other we praise you for all this and all the things you have given us to enjoy we thank you because tonight you will show us your word in jesus precious name we are praying amen and amen so i'll go straight to it now in in studying and 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 preparing for this you can imagine when you say you want to understand that what it means to bear the name of the father that is god himself it can be quite broad it can be quite vast it can be quite endless and that is actually literal so that is as you look through the pages of the bible from genesis to revelation you begin to see different dimensions about god and it's, it does not cease to when god begins to say okay this is me this is how i am but tonight we are just going to narrow it down because you know many a times and that is what happens usually when in church that is so when we go to church and the pastor preaches one of the things the pastor does on sunday morning is to narrow down his knowledge of god to easy to use let me use it that way quick quick takeaways for you to take away from that place and then go and act on but the it is what it teaches on a sunday morning is so limited compared to what he knows about god or compared to what god teaches him about himself so because certainly our garden on a sunday morning is limited we have so but, and that is why god has provided that there are other platforms that is one and also in our private lives we can always learn god so beyond what is being said on a sunday morning god is inviting us into deeper places so when we come on sunday morning he explains to us the things we don't understand in a secret place and then we go back again and continue the lecture because the vast amount of time we spend with god is spent in private it's just a little fraction of it we spend on sunday morning or during the week when we listen to our pastors wherever we listen to them so and tonight we just want to touch on bearing the name of the father so what does it mean to bear the name of the father what is the name of the father and this is going to span across like two three weeks so we are going to just learn about that so let's go to revelation chapter 22 verse 1 to 4 so and i've, I've encouraged before now that please have your bible have a notepad i'm sure you can hear my own bible flipping here so you need to write just 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 for note taking and just to familiarize and become you know familiar with the scripture because the more you get familiar with the scripture there is a spirit behind it it begins to draw you towards itself also so the more you spend time around god's word there's a spirit around the word of god that begins to you know woo you just like you know a a, a man is wooing a woman it begins to draw you to himself woo you and then the more you loiter around the more, the more that love begins to grow and then when you go into life you begin to interpret life from the place of the word of god even without you consciously wanting to do the so so there is a spirit around god so revelations 21 22 verse 1 to 4 so it said and he showed me a pure river i'm reading from king james god speaking king james river of water of life clear as crystal proceeding out of the throne of god and of the lamb now i'll quickly say something here you will see here it says it is proceeding out of the throne of god and the lamb and that should help us in understanding god now we may begin to wonder if you if you are picturing it is it coming from the lamb is it coming from the throne are the thrones inside one another but scripture is telling us how to think spiritually 
whereby in the realm of the spirit one thing can be two things and yes it is one thing that is why we can have god that is three in one so there's a spiritual style of thinking that is not the logical and rational one yes it is intelligent so one of the issues that before now people think about religion that it seems not to be intelligent but no it is a different kind of intelligence actually higher than rationalism and the logical part of us so he's saying that a river is flowing out of the throne of god and of the lamb so two thrones one river is flowing out of two thrones how that comes to be is first just understand that one thing can be two things and yet it can be one god can be three persons and yet can be one person so he reveals himself that way you see that jesus is the word of god is the son of god is this you know is the, is the son of man you know so all those kind of dimension begin to it begins to train your mind so there a different kind of neural pathway is built in your thinking to know that okay there is more than one way to see things in the realm of the spirit and this familiarizes your mind with god so he said out of the throne of the lamb and of god a street of it and on either side of the river was there the tree of life which has which bears 12 manner of fruits yielded a fruit every month so you are thinking is there months in heaven so those are things that begin to make you question and with that kind of mind you can begin to say okay i want to learn the bible so are you saying that we say that heaven is eternal why is there month there so that's the question so we are not discussing that now i said and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nation then verse 3 it said and there shall be no more curse but the throne of god and of the lamb shall be in it and his servant shall serve him so let me introduce another thing here every time they've been speaking here john has been speaking he's been saying the lamb and the throne of god where is the holy ghost so you begin to ask those kind of questions that makes you become to come come and tell us okay i want to really learn this bible i don't want to be confused because all these things are understandable there are answers there now let's go and say and they shall see he said lamb be in it and his servant shall serve him verse 4 and they shall see his face and his name shall be in their forehead so here we see a group of people who have the name of god in their foreheads so this is the beginning of the journey into learning what it means to bear the name of the father so these people have the name of the father in their foreheads now let's look at revelations 14 verse 1 to 3. so we just want to clear what it means to bear the name of the father then we go on to understand his name revelations 14 1 to 3 it says and i looked and lo a lamb stood on the mount sion and with him an hundred and forty four thousand having his father's name written in their foreheads and i heard a voice from heaven as the voice of many waters and as the voice of a great thunder and i heard the voice of harpers happening with their harps as it were a new song before the throne and before the four beasts and the elders and no man could learn the song but the hundred and forty and four thousand that were redeemed from the earth now one of the things about this place is that we hear the word 144,000 and over the years it has been confused that only 144,000 are going to go to heaven. Definitely not. And a, a whole system of religion is based on that. But what God is trying to let us know here is that when you think about the number 144, it looks so limited. So that number is not actual. It is symbolic. As when you think, so when you say only 144 are redeemed out of the earth. 
So one of the things that it can drive in you is that I want to be part of this one realm for the four. So God is trying to tell us that it is an it is a select few. So when Jesus said that the road to heaven is narrow and few are they that get into it, so you begin to get understanding that some of the things we see in the Bible they are not literal; they are symbolic. So. This one around 44,000 people represent everybody from the beginning of the earth to the end time when Jesus is going to come and redeem us and take us out of this earth. It's just a symbolic number that it is a limited few taken out of the generations of the earth. Now, and we are going to see that. Let's go to Revelation 7. Now, and I will prepare your mind. Please don't get bored. It's a Bible study. And so I'm trusting that God will help you and sustain your attention to just listen to this to the end and as you listen it does something to you now revelation 7 1 to 17 revelation 7 so we just want to see what it means to bear the name of the father now revelation 7 1 to 17 i'm not going to finish the 17 but i want to interpret something he said and after these things i saw four angels standing on the on the four corners of holding the four wings of the earth that the wind should not blow on the earth nor on the sea nor on any tree and I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels, to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, Hurt not, saying, Hurt not the earth. Having a seal of living and cried with a loud voice, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea nor the trees therein. Till we have sealed the servant of our God. In their forest. So he's saying, don't hurt the earth. So for example, now, these are things going on in heaven. That this angel is saying, they want to hurt the earth. There's a judgment of God impending on the earth. But he said, we have not finished sealing the servants of God. This one around 44,000. And we see, he said, and how the number of them which were sealed, and there were sealed and 140 and 4,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel. Now, these children of Israel is not referring to the earthly Israel. So, and that is why reading the Bible will begin to understand. When you go to, when you go to, to, to Romans, Romans tells us that those who are Israel are the children of the covenant. They are those who have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal Savior. So, when Jesus came, he changed Israel from just a physical group of people to a spiritual group of people. So, those people became Israel. So, me and you now, we don't need to be citizens of the nation of Israel on the earth. Right now, we are children of Israel because we have come into Israel in Jesus. So, there's a new lineage called Israel created in Jesus. So, this warrior of 44,000 people, the angel wanted to hurt the earth, but they said, stop, don't hurt the earth because we have not finished with these people. Now, one of these things is that Currently, there are supposed to be judgments more than COVID-19 on the surface of the earth. There are supposed to be even worse forms of judgment, probably disease, plagues, earthquakes, more than this that we are going through right on the surface of the earth, more than the wars and the fightings and everything we are saying. Just because the children that God has earmarked, the 144,000 people are not yet complete, the judgment has to be stayed. Now, what I want to say this is for that, when the world, that is the unbelieving world, think of us as if we are nuisance to the earth, we need to understand that we are not nuisance. 
a lot of them their life is being saved because of us the bible says we are the salt of the earth so that should give you a sense of dignity so when you are in public and maybe they are criticizing christianity and you are, they are making you feel like maybe christianity is a new sense of society no 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 we are the salt salt is a preserver so when you put salt in something it's it it makes sure that that thing does not spoil so when you think about christians round about the world we are one of the reasons why the earth has not collapsed we are one of the reasons so even as much that there is so much evil on the earth today, it is not as much as what it could have been. For example, it, was, it is currently not as much as how bad it was before the time of Noah, when God had to wipe it out. As bad as we think it is now, God has not gotten to the place that he is so angry that he said, I'm going to wipe it out. So, we have a purpose on the earth just by being here. So, now, after this, I beheld, and in a great multitude which no man could number, of all nations, so he said, now I'm going to verse 9. So he's explaining the 144,000 people. He said they are from all nations. So you see that it's not just 144,000 people. It's a group of people from the beginning of the world to this time and the end of the world. So now, these people from all nations, which is you and me, carry the name of the Father upon our head. So that's the first point I want to establish. God's name is on your forehead right now. You don't need to see it. It's a spiritual thing. So in the realm of the spirit, when God is looking upon the surface of the earth, he's seeing people's heads. His name is here. His name is upon their forehead. That means that you are owned by him. So this should begin to do something to you. That I am somebody's property. His name is upon my forehead. God's name is on my forehead. I am somebody's property. So now, and when you begin to go through life this way, it begins to give you confidence that I am not my own. So for example, if you have a property and your name is on it, so for example now, you have a car and the car is registered in your name and the insurance is in your name. Now, if somebody wants to drive it out and you know that probably they don't have a license or they don't know how to drive well, you'll be very skeptical because when they get into trouble, when the insurance come, they come and say, who is driving it? If you can't say that it is them, it is you rather, then they can't defend your insurance. So because your name is on you, you keep it with care. So God's name is on you. I want you to keep that in mind. God's name is on you. And you are one of the 144,000 people that has been picked by God to inherit eternal life. So that is one number. Now, let us look at 2 Timothy 2.19. So, I reiterate that it's a Bible study. We'll be looking at several scriptures. And I'm trusting God that God will help you and sustain your attention and open the scriptures with me and just to look at them. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19. And I'm going to read from if you have the New Living Translation or the Good News Translation, just to drive it home to help you. It says, I'm going to read from the King James first. It says, nevertheless, the foundation of the Lord standeth sure. Having this seal, that word seal is showing up again. And that is how to study the Bible. One word can be seen in Genesis. Another, that same word you will see it in, in Luke. Then you see it on, then you see it in, in Isaiah. And you, when you begin to connect that word, you begin to interpret it from like five different scriptures. It said, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. So now, here it is telling us that there are those people that name the name of Christ. They bear the seal of God. 
New Living Translation says that those who belong to God should depart from iniquity. Now, so first, what it means to be bearing the name of God is that you belong to God. So where you are, I want you to say this after me. I belong to God. I bear the name of Christ. The name of God is upon my forehead. Now, we continue. The next point I want to make now is let us define the name of God. So we've already said that bearing the name of God is belonging to God. That is the meaning of bearing the name of the Father. It means I belong to God. Now, let us know the meaning of this name so that we know the name that we are putting on our forehead. God is called several names. We have God. We have Lord. Now, in the Bible, these words have different meaning. So God has different, a different meaning. Lord has a different meaning. So, and when we look at those words in their original meaning, it gives us an insight. Now, the word God, wherever you see it in the Bible, especially from Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and most time in the Old Testament, it means in the Hebrew, it means El. E-L. So, that word means El. E-L. El. So, and that's where you begin to hear El Shaddai, Elohim, El Elion. So, El means God. And then, Elohim, which all God, is a plural for gods. So, like in Genesis, when it said, and God said, let us. You see, how can one God say let us? Who was he talking to? Because the Father, the Son, and the Spirit were present. So, even though it is God, there were three people. Now, but there's a reason. Moses wrote the book of Genesis. And he called God El in Genesis. Now, that word El is the name human beings called God. Because during that time, God was not known to people. So after Adam and Eve came out of the garden, after they left the garden, they broke connection with God. They were looking for ways to reach out to God. They didn't know any name to call him, so they called him El. But as time went on, because human beings were in disobedience, they began to have idols. So all idols, any kind of idol was called El. So that word El means God, whether it is God supreme, of the supreme being which is the creator of heaven and earth or the idols that the people on the earth from genesis 1 genesis 2 genesis 3 the people that were alive during the time of noah the people that were alive during the time of abraham all those people they didn't know god because they didn't know god that was why god had to wipe that wipe them out at that time they were full of evil so they called god el but they called him that name that wasn't his name so let's take that note so because at the end of this this lesson when you go and pray and worship God, you will call God by his real name. So one of the things this lesson is going to do to you is that, so for example, let's say my name is, my name is uh, Joel or Shoba, certainly, but I have a middle name. Now, so if somebody approached me or maybe my mother wants to call me and she called me by a special name, there is a kind of response I'm going to give to her that is not the kind of response I will give to every other person. So now, God at some point in, in the invention of mankind gave us his name and that name is the name he wants us to call him now so l means god if you look at genesis chapter 1 verse 1 it said in the beginning l created the heavens and the earth so that was the name we gave to god 
we ascribe that name to him and just like and you can think about it even in our current languages we have several names we give to god in yoruba you hear you know somebody in yoruba say oh chine eh, or Igbo, you say chineke in yoruba you say kabiyosi we give god that name that wasn't his name now it doesn't say oh you call me that name i'm angry no because he knows we are appreciating him but when you want to enter a particular place you call god by the name he gave to you now the first time god decided to cut a covenant with a man and that was abraham god appeared to abraham and said i am so 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 and so let's go to genesis chapter 17 verse 1 genesis 17 verse 1 and from here now i'm going to start moving fast genesis 17 from verse 1 genesis 17 from verse 1 Just a minute. Genesis 17 1. It says, The Lord God. I'm coming. Alright. And when Abraham was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, I am Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. So God came to a man and said, Let me introduce myself to you. He said, I am Almighty God. Now, in the original Hebrew, that word Almighty El, he now added Shaddai. So this was God telling a man about his name. He didn't tell Adam his name. He didn't tell Abel his name. He didn't tell Noah his name. He came to Abraham and said, let me start a relationship with humanity. And I'm starting with Abraham. You know, the Bible says Abraham is the father of many nations. So it doesn't mean Israel alone. It's not only Israel. Many nations, Africa, Asia, Indo, everywhere. So now it said, I am God Almighty. And the meaning was El Shaddai. So when God came to Abraham, he said, Abraham, let me introduce myself to you. There are so many Els because Abraham came from a, 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 a family of idolaters. So the Jewish myth has it that the father of Abraham was an idol seller. So the man was, was a sculptor. He was always graving images to sell to people. So you say, ah, oh, my own God is El whatever. So you say, okay, how does your God look? Oh, he looks like a tree. He looks like a dog. So you say, okay, let us make you a dog. So, but Abraham just had this question saying that all these animals and this wood my father is selling, they don't look as in there is somebody. There is, I feel there is a hunger beyond all these gods I'm seeing. So one day God approached him and said, get thee out of your father's house. So now in Genesis 17, God said, I am El, but my own El is Shaddai. All the other Els are not Shaddai. I am El Shaddai. Now what is the meaning of El Shaddai? El Shaddai means that I am the God that has all power and all might. So all these gods you've been seeing around, they don't have all power and they don't have all might. Now, why did God appear to Abraham using El Shaddai? The reason is because at that time, and this shows how God introduces himself to us, God came in the context of the knowledge of Abraham. God came to Abraham in a relatable way. Abraham was aware of several El. God now said, I am also Elo, but I am El Shaddai, different kind of El. I am the El that has all power. So God showed himself that way. Then after a while, God appeared more and this is the beginning of god revealing himself so after we reveal this name of god you begin to call god by this name when you sit down by yourself in your house you say god this is your name this is the name i'm going to call you so he revealed himself as el shaddai 
to Abraham, but that is still not his name because he was trying to fit himself into the understanding of Abraham. He didn't want to, you know, dump himself on Abraham. He just gave him a teaspoonful. Now, we are going to now go to Exodus chapter 3, verse 13. I, re I will reiterate, there is a Bible study. So, we are going to be opening a lot of scriptures, but you can mark them and you can see them. Exodus chapter 3, verse 13. Exodus 3, 13. Exodus 3.13 It says And Moses So now Moses was a person on the scene Now Abraham then Moses He said and Moses said unto God Behold when I come unto the children of Israel And say unto them The God of your fathers Has sent me unto you And they shall say to me What is his name What shall I say unto them Now this is God saying, Moses, I want to send you to go and deliver my people. And we are going to see a pattern here. He said, I want to send you to go and deliver my people. But Moses said, what will I call you to them? And God said, tell them I am. So this was the first time God is saying, this is my true name. My name is I am. That I am. And he said, thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, I am that sent me unto you. So God is saying, I am, what is the meaning of I am that I am? In the Hebrew, that word means Yahweh. Now, where we are going with this is quite deep. And I'm trusting that we'll, we'll get to a good place today before we continue next week. He said, Yahweh, what does Yahweh mean? He said, tell them, I am the self-existing, uncreated creator of all things. So, I, God, I am self-existing. Nobody made me. I made all things. So, in this way, God was saying, even though I have showed myself as El Shaddai before, my true self is that I am the creator of heaven and earth. Nobody created me. Nobody was there when I started. That's even if I have a beginning. I have always been. I have no beginning and I have no end. Now, let's see where God expanded on this. Let's see Exodus 6, chapter 2 to 4 again. So, and as you look at this, you begin to see that God speaks more than once through the Bible. He said, And God spake unto Moses and said unto him, I am the Lord. I appeared unto Abraham and unto Isaac and unto Jacob by the name God Almighty, which is El Shaddai. He said, But by my name, Jehovah, was I not known to them. So God was saying, I appeared to your father, but I used El Shaddai for them. But I did not show myself to them as Jehovah. I did not show myself to them as Yahweh. And now I want to say this to you that is there a dimension of God you know before? There is still more to him. Don't think because you have seen God yesterday or you saw him last week, there is still more God wants to unfold himself to you. God has different part of him that he wants to show to you. Probably you saw him yesterday as your provider. He still wants to show himself to you as your healer. Probably you saw him yesterday as your sustainer. He still wants to show him tomorrow as your righteousness, as your protector. God is dynamic. So he's saying, even though Abraham walked with me so powerfully, I call myself the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, yet I didn't show all of myself to him. I didn't tell him my real name. I am Jehovah. Let's look at Exodus again, chapter 34, verse 7. Exodus 34, verse 7. God is still speaking about his name. Exodus 
34 verse 7. I'm using a physical Bible, so sometimes it can be difficult to open. So, he said, keeping, so now, God is speaking from verse 6. He said, and the Lord passed by, by, by before him and proclaimed the name of the Lord, the Lord God. Now, that name that he was proclaiming there is Jehovah. Now, God wants to tell us the meaning of Jehovah. He said, the name of the Lord God. The first thing he says about himself is, I am merciful. So now, for many times we think God is an angry person that is sitting down somewhere and marking, oh, ah, Joel, you did not read your Bible today. Cancel. No blessing to Gabriel. Don't give him that blessing. Then, God is not. He said, the first thing about me, I need you to know. And the reason why the first thing he said about himself is that man is so conscious of sin. Ever since Adam fell in the garden, he has always been feeling ashamed. So all the offspring of man, we've been afraid of God. Just like how Adam went to hide himself. We are always still trying to hide ourselves from God. A lot of people think they are not hiding themselves. They cause God. But really, if they ever think of God, they will run away. Because when God appears in his majesty, any sinful thing cannot stand around him. So God is now saying, see, listen, I'm very powerful. But the thing I want you to know about me is that I am merciful. That is my power. With all this my mind, the most important thing I want you to know first is that I'm a God of mercy. The next thing is, I am gracious, still having to do with mercy, benevolence. So when you think of God, the first thing you need to think about God is mercy, benevolence. So when you go into prayer, and when you go to worship God, when you say, God, you are Yahweh, you are saying, merciful God, benevolent God, long-suffering God. So long-suffering, that is, I, I am very patient. I don't just get angry and just switch you off. Because if he wasn't patient, it would just wipe out the earth at once. So, he said, I am long-suffering. I give people long rope. He said, and I am abundant in goodness and truth. Now, I want to encourage you. After today, when you go to pray, make it intentional. That you don't just say, oh, Jehovah. Jehovah. No. Know the meaning of what you are saying. And not just say, KBS. See, there are some times you don't need to even say KBS or any of these things. You just call God with the name that he called himself, understanding the meaning of it. You can just sit down in your room and say, Yahweh, I worship you. And what you are saying is that merciful one, gracious one, benevolent one, long-suffering one, full of good. Now, when you call him this name, he will answer you with the manifestations of those names. Now, and beginning from where we are coming from that, Yahweh is the name on your head. So we are saying that the identity... The identity card on you in the realm of the spirit. So when the angels of the enemy and the evil spirit and even God is looking, is looking at your forehead and what is seen there is mercy. So when God, as God is looking at you now, what is seen is mercy. Now mercy is not only for people who commit offense. Mercy is saying that even what you don't deserve, as in good, I will give to you. So mercy is not just that what you deserve as evil, I will take it away. So you say, well, have mercy on me. And that means that, okay, I'm supposed to punish you. I won't punish you again. That is it. Another thing in mercy is that you don't deserve this level of goodness, but I will give it to you. So, so when you sit down and God is seen in the realm of the spirit, say, on your forehead, God is looking at Joel. He's saying, on Joel's forehead, mercy is written there. Benevolence is written there. Goodness is written there. So that is the name I carry upon myself. I carry the name of men. So, and this begins to make you think that if I am in the middle of 10,000 people and evil is happening to 10,000 of them, I don't care because a thousand can fall at my side and 10,000 at my right hand. Mercy is written on my forehead. Yahweh is upon my forehead. So now, 
when we now say you want to bear the name of the father is that you begin to walk in the consciousness of yahweh that me oh they can't refuse me me you oh, i'm a child of mercy oh yes i make mistakes oh yes i stumble oh yes i am frail as a human but mercy will speak for me benevolence will speak for me the gracious god will speak for me now the reason God said in Hosea, He said, My people perish for lack of knowledge. Somebody say, I've always, you didn't know this before. When you begin to know, you will know that nothing evil can happen to you. So it's not a so when you get into a difficult situation, you can sit and say, Yahweh, I'm calling on you. So, for example, that song says, I cannot call on your name and end up in shame. No way, no way. I cannot bow before your throne and bow before my enemies. No way, no way. Yes, you are my God. You are my God. You are my God. So when you when you sing that song, you know the meaning of what you are saying. That Yahweh, I call your name. I don't live in shame. I don't live in lack. So you go with that name. Now let us see the power of this. And I'm going to stop by 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 ten o'clock because we can't. We will just exhaust this. The next week we will enter the fullness of it. So now, why did God give His name to Moses? Now Moses was in the desert. And he wanted to go and deliver Israel from the most powerful king on the surface of the earth at that time. His name was Pharaoh. And the children of Israel were slaves. They were being beaten, battered, and God said, these are my people. I need to save them. He said, come, Moses, let me send you on to them. Now, let's look at it. Let me just, so that we have a background. Exodus chapter 1, I believe. No, not chapter 1, I believe. Let's see. Exodus chapter chapter okay 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 yes exodus chapter 3 from verse 1 and moses kept the flock of jethro so i want you i want us to see something when god gives you his name what happens after that he said now moses kept the flock of jethro his father in-law the priest of Midian and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God even to Horeb and the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush and he looked and behold the bush burnt with fire and bush was not consumed and Moses said I will now turn aside and see this great sight why the bush burnt not why the bush is not born and when the Lord saw the he turned aside to see God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said Moses Moses and he said, Here I am. Draw nigh not me hither. Off thy shoes, put off thy shoes, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, I said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Because Moses didn't know him, so he's introducing himself. He said, Is Moses and Moses hid his face, for he was afraid. The Lord said, Now this is God talking. He said, And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows, and I'm come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of the land unto a good land, and a large unto a land flowing with milk and honey, 
unto the place of the Canaanites and, and so and so. He said, Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptian oppressed them. Come now, God is now calling me. He said, Come now, therefore, I will send you unto Pharaoh, and thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel. Now, so God is saying, I want to send you on an assignment, but I'm going to give you my name. Because it is through my name you will wrought the wonders. Now, and let me quickly jump into the future. And that is why the Bible says, we have been given a name above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee must bow and every tongue must confess. So now, when God wanted to save Israel, he gave Moses Yahweh. And we will see that when you follow the story of Moses, we can't read that now because of the limitation of time. You will see that when Moses approached Pharaoh, he said, The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, his name is Yahweh. He said, I said, Let my people go that they may serve me. Now, Pharaoh said, I don't know him. Who is he? God said, Okay, you don't know me. You don't know Yahweh. I will introduce myself. And we all know the story. Ten plagues. God said, You don't know me. Let me introduce myself to him. After 10 plagues, frogs, hailstone, then he killed all their firstborn. Say, me, I will introduce myself to you. You say you are not going to let my people go. Let me tell you who I am. Now, after that, Pharaoh was still obstinate. And then what happened? God drowned the whole of Egyptian civilization at that point in time in the Red Sea. Now, and this begins to tell you that the name of God, when the Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong tower, the righteous run into it. And they are saying, now, this was what David said. And David was in the Old Testament. Because what happened is this. God has names by dispensation. The name he gave to Moses was the name he had in the Old Testament. Next week, we will see his name in the New Testament. So, and the, this, the first name God reveals to man is, my name is Yahweh. I am merciful, benevolent, gracious, long-suffering, slow to anger. That is who I am. I am full of all kind of goodness. Now, so he gave that name because of what he wanted to do. So when God wanted to deliver Israel, he gave them a name. And now, in the Old Testament, the Old Testament is like a shadow of what will happen in the New Testament. So I want to say this in preparation for next, next week Sunday. So, the deliverance of Israel is like what happened to us when we came out of the world into Christ. Moses is a type of Jesus. Israel is a type of the church, the body of Christ. Egypt is a type of the world. Pharaoh is a type of the kingdom of the enemy and Satan himself. So did in, in the Old Testament, God was saying, this is what I'm still going to do in the future. Because the Bible always says about God, it says, God walks and he is and it is to come. So in his words, he said, let me give you a glimpse. So when he sent Moses, he said, I want you to go and deliver a people for me. Those people are in a kingdom. I want you to take them out of that kingdom and bring them to me so that they can worship me. And then, now let us close in this place today and I want us to take note of this because we will start from here next week. When we begin to look at the new name God has given to us and what it means for us. Now, Let's look at Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 18. 
So we have understood the first name God gave, which is Yahweh, and we know the meaning. So in like five minutes towards the end of the day, we are just going to pray using that name. Deuteronomy chapter 18, from verse 15 to 22. This is Moses now talking. Now, Moses, I said, is a type of Jesus, and we will see that now. Deuteronomy 18, from verse 15. Moses said, he said, The Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee, of thy brethren, like unto me, unto him ye shall hearken, according to all that thou desirest of the Lord thy God, in Horeb, in the day of the assembly, saying, Let me not hear again the voice of the Lord God, my God, neither let me see this great fire. He said, And the Lord said unto me, They have well spoken, that which they have spoken. I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren, like unto thee, and will put my words in his mouth. And he will speak unto them all that I shall command them. So God was saying through Moses that I am still going to raise prophets in the future, just like you. Tell them ready. Now, and that is going to treat what we are going to talk about next week. The fullness of God's name. So God gave his name to Moses to cause deliverance. And it was in that name, Moses was able to bring Israel out of Egypt. Ordinary Yahweh was able to bring Israel out of Egypt and perform miracles, signs, and wonders. Yahweh was able to give them food in the desert. Yahweh was able to open the Red Sea for them. Yahweh was able to make sure that he healed them. And that is what happens. So, as time went on, Yahweh began to show them, I am the self-existing, uncreated creator of all things, and I'm here to deliver you. I'm sending my servant Moses to you to save you out of Egypt. I am that I am, but all that I am is here to save you. And that was what he was saying, that I am Yahweh and I'm here to deliver you. So whenever God gives us his name, it is because he's giving us an identity and he wants to show himself to us. So now, closing today, and that's what we are going to stop, that God gave his name Yahweh and that's the foundation. God gave his name Yahweh and the meaning of that name first is merciful. Next is gracious. Next is benevolence, full of all good things. So when you go on from now and you want to pray and you want to call his name and you think about the name on your forehead, you think about Yahweh, that I am God's property. No evil can befall me. That was why David could say a thousand shall fall at my side and 10,000 on my left, left hand. He said, why is he saying that? Because he is conscious of the fact that Yahweh's name is upon his forehead. So Yahweh's name is on your own forehead. Yahweh's name is before you. Sleep knowing that Yahweh is with you. His name is on your forehead. You are his property. I'll give one last verse to prepare us for next week. So, it's in Revelation. Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3, verse 12. Revelation chapter 3, verse 12. Just to prepare us for next week. Because we are going to see another name of God next week. Look at Jesus talking here. He said, him that overcometh, this is Jesus talking, will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out, and I will write upon him, the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from God. Then Jesus is now saying, 
I will give him my new name. So, even though we know him as Jesus currently, he's saying, I still have a name again that I'm going to reveal. And that is about dispensation. So, when you think of that word, when you say, Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Who was? That is one dispensation. Who is? And who is to come? So, in who was? It was Yahweh. And it belongs to you. Next week, we are going to see who is. His name as who is. Who is he to you now? He was Yahweh to you. He is still Yahweh. But next week, we are going to see how much more he is to you. So, I just want you to, wherever you are, just bow your head and say, Yahweh, I know your name today. You are a benevolent, good God. Gracious. I now know the meaning of your name. I know what it means to say Yahweh. When I say you are Yahweh, I know that you are merciful. That's the first thing we are talking about. That in your mercy, you are looking at me. That in your mercy, you are acting on my behalf. You are merciful. You are Yahweh. Thank him that I know the meaning of your name now, O God. I know the meaning of your name now. I know the meaning of your name now, O God. Thank you for giving me your name, Yahweh. Thank you for calling me your name, Yahweh. Thank you for revealing your name, Yahweh, to me. Just give him praise. Call him Yahweh. Call him the El Shaddai. The all-powerful one. In Jesus' precious name we are afraid. Amen and amen. So thank you very much for tuning in today. Next week, we will continue. And I pray that God, as you go, will open your eyes more to, to the dimensions of his name. That he may reveal himself to you and show himself in your life as the merciful, gracious, full of all good gifts, benevolent, long-suffering towards you. See you next week.